1: Notre Dame fans, welcome back to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. It is Monday, which means it's time to talk recruiting. And Ryan, there's been a lot going on. Obviously, there's a lot going on right now. Everybody is kind of talking a lot about uh, Nico from California committing to Tennessee. And as you tweeted out, as expected, uh, it was going to go to the highest bidder, and Tennessee won that battle. So uh, that's today's news. And now, obviously, people are hoping – uh, I think in Notre Dame, a lot of Notre Dame fans are hoping that this starts the quarterback domino. I think that's kind of what we were talking about: is like recruiting quarterbacks can be a lot like the NFL draft when it comes to quarterbacks, which is it's like who's going to be the first to jump, and then does that start sort of a domino? Because now you've had you have what is it like now three big time quarterbacks have now committed, right? A couple others were much earlier, obviously. Uh, with uh, like with Malachi Nelson, he committed a lot er- earlier. Uh, Jack Arnold committed uh, earlier, although I wouldn't necessarily consider him a big time quarterback, even though he's ranked high. Uh, but now there's there's two big time quarterbacks now, and so the the hope for Notre Dame is that it starts the ball rolling and they're able to kind of get involved and in, and get their big time quarterback, which will help them on the recruiting trail and hopefully help them with some of the guys that we're going to talk about today. And that is uh, the players. We're going to today's topic of the conversation is going to be. Just really kind of what's the latest on the guys that have visited over the last week. And Notre Dame hosted a lot of talented players, including two of the top, if not the top two receivers on the board uh, in this class. So we're going to talk about them. We'll also do a recruiting Q&A afterwards. You can obviously talk about other team topics, but today's a great day to, to, to focus more on the recruiting aspects of it. So we'll talk about the visits. We'll have some other things that we'll discuss about recruiting. And uh, then we'll d- dive into the daily Q&A. So you can start throwing your questions in now, and then we'll. Some of them we may answer during the show because it's relevant to what we're discussing, uh, but the other ones will uh, we'll get to after the fact. So uh, maybe we could talk about recruiting and not my facial hair decisions. So it tends to, for whatever ungodly reason tends to be a hot topic of conversation, uh, but we're in this show going to focus on recruiting, uh, and uh, and that's obviously where we want to get to. So if you have questions, start leaving them now, and we'll get to them. Ryan, so let's um, let's get into it. Obviously, we're going to kind of go chronological order. Mm-hmm. And last Tuesday, Notre Dame hosted one of the biggest recruits on the board, and that is Chicago native and current IMG Academy star receiver Carnell Tate.
2: Yeah, who has been, I mean, outside of Dante Moore, the quarterback, uh, maybe one of the most talked about recruits in 2023. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's a five-star, almost consensus across the board, uh, top 20 player, I think, in three out of the four major recruiting platforms. So he's he's legit, man. Obviously, he has his Chicago ties originally, now playing ball down at IMG Academy, and he's a fantastic player. Spent, obviously, the time down at Notre Dame. Now, there was um, a little back and forth about the duration of the mm-hmm. visits. Uh, we had Sean Davis on our platform that reported that he was going to definitely stay the one day it may turn into a multi-day trip depending mm-hmm. on how it went so that was kind of what, what was yeah reported and the original Car- plan
1: for dante or from carnell was he wanted to stay multiple days absolutely uh, but notre dame was able to kind of extend the one day longer and get everything in there and so then he um
2: he went home obviously after that yep yeah so it's i mean from all accounts from what sean has kind of connected the dots You know, we talked about it a little bit on Friday, but he had a fantastic trip to Notre Dame. And I think that if there was a gap, which we were kind of hearing a little bit between Ohio State and Notre Dame, it does seem that Notre Dame definitely closed that gap. Mm -hmm. And it was very important that they do so, because I feel like all everybody wants to talk about is if Dante Moore commits, if Dante Moore commits, and it's a fair point, because as we've said countless times, if Dante Moore commits, it's not a foregone conclusion it's not a package deal that that Mm -hmm. carnell Tate comes to south bend but it does dramatically increase the chance sure let's not sure let's not you know gloss over that quickly but we don't want it to be in a situation if you're notre dame where you're going into that decision if dante moore does come to notre dame and you're dependent on that to to really take Cornell over the top if you haven't tightened that gap it was important for this visit that you really tighten that gap between ohio state and notre dame and in my opinion, Brian, by everything I've heard from everything that Sean has kind of reported, it does seem that they left the visit in a good spot with Carnell Tate.
1: Well, I know the, the Notre Dame side is very confident in that. And, and one of the keys to this visit was, you know, the, the the current staff. So let's just say I'm trying to say how to how to say this without turning it into like I'm taking a shot, but let's just say that those around Don, uh, Carnell Tate and with Carnell himself that the previous leadership of his recruitment didn't do a very good job. And that would be obviously the head coach and the wide receivers coach. And that's kind of why Notre Dame fell so far behind. And, and when it originally, I mean, and Sean wrote an article about this, this one should have been over a while ago. I mean, it, it, Carnell loved Notre Dame uh, and, and was very high on Notre Dame. And, and now you've allowed Ohio state to get in the mix. You've allowed Tennessee to get in the mix. And Tennessee's out there trying to Texas A and M some kids, right? And Carnell's going to be one of those kids that they're going to try to, they're going to try to, you know, just do the Texas A and M thing and just buy a kid. That's how they got their quarterback today, right? I mean, if we're being honest, he was all set to commit to Oregon, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Tennessee gets him. Really, you know? So uh, that's just the reality with some of these kids. But those type of kids are always kind of be going to be prone to that. But you've allowed that door to be opened with Carnell because you didn't do your job originally and then now obviously Chansey Stuckey and Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman and Chad Bowden are now trying to overcome that mistake and I think they did a lot of that you know getting getting Carnell's mom kind of to, uh, on board with kind of what Notre Dame is all about and and that's the big thing is and you know we've we have a lot of the NIL debates and Notre Dame's not doing this or Notre Dame's not doing that the one thing Notre Dame is not doing is they're not using money to entice kids to come they're not going to do that. You're not supposed to do that. Uh, obviously schools are, are because the NCAA is just so cowardly and just refuses to enforce this. Schools are doing that. So what Notre Dame has to do is they had to sit down and kind of show them like, look, here's the opportunities here. Like somebody, Kenny Moore, my guy, Kenny Moore made a comment last week. And, um, on the message board. And he said, you know, other schools are offering NIL money. Notre Dame's offering NIL opportunities. The opportunities is how it's supposed to be. And so what Notre Dame has got to do a better job of is, is showing what those opportunities are. Cause there is money to be had. It's a lot of money to be had at Notre Dame. It's just about showing how that happens without saying, Hey, we're just going to hand you a million dollars to come here. Right. And so that that was the key. And it was important to be able to do that. Notre Dame has been able to do that. Now, will that be enough? That's going to be the question with Carnell, And, and you know, Sean has a take and I have and I tend to agree with him that if it if it was just about, you know, kind of Carnell wanting to go to the place he's most comfortable and, and the relationships are now the best, it, it would be Notre Dame. But as we know, it's not always about that anymore. I mean, and, and and that's understandable. You know, it's like you've got to kind of think about, you know, my family and my future and all those type of things. So Notre Dame has closed the gap. What we don't know is if it will ever be enough to, to win the day with Carnell. But I think the longer it goes on, the better it is for Notre Dame with Carnell yeah. Tate. And that, that is the one thing I will you know they they're trying to get him back for the blue gold game if he comes back for the blue gold game or another spring visit then I'll start feeling a lot better about Notre mm-hmm. Dame's chances but they're in the game cardinal likes Notre Dame a lot you know it was it's a Notre Dame Ohio State battle tennessee has kind of always been the periphery there when their receiver they they were right in it then their receiver coach left that knocked them out and now they're trying to get back in with some other other at ways with him so it's going to be an interesting recruitment and and Notre Dame has obviously put their best foot forward, but it's, it's now it's, it's about doubling down and trying to get him back on campus. That's going to be a big, 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 big aspect of this.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
1: Day after two days after he showed up, Ryan, there was a couple other kids on campus from the St. Louis area, a couple really dynamic athletes. That's Jeremiah McCallan and uh Jeremiah Love. Love Jeremiah Love obviously is a running back from the two thousand well, running back athlete from the 2023 class. We've talked a lot about him. You know, mm-hmm. still a raw football player, averaged 10 yards a carry last year, but only carried it 95 times. Almost had a thousand yards on 95 carries, which is just insane. Uh, very, very unique player. I think you compared him to Josh Adams. I compare him to CJ ProSize. Jeremiah McCallum is a wide receiver in the 2024 class. They are teammates. They were both on campus, Ryan. You had a chance to speak with both of them. What is the latest with the young men from St. Louis?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like you said, um McCallum is a wide receiver in the 2024 class. I had the opportunity to speak to him um very immediately after the after the visit. And he got back to me extremely quickly. And I know it's a very busy time for these young men, so I don't blame him all the time for not get it back as quick as possible. He was very, so Chansey Stuckey was the big point of, point of um, talking for with, with me and McAllen, right? Like he, it was his first Chuck time. Her. Yeah. Right. We're hearing again, that a lot again, unprompted. Just yeah. yes. Well, how was your visit? Oh man. I love Chansey Stuckey. Yeah. Awesome. Love that man. So, yeah. He is a big time player, and I know you mentioned, you know, Love almost had a thousand yards. McKellen also also almost had a thousand yards, only like forty two catches or something like that. So he's he's got some big playability. He was over, I think, like twenty four yards per catch or some crazy number like that. So he's a dynamic player, twenty twenty four class who's going into his junior season. And I think he left the visit extremely pumped about everything that he saw. He mentioned the facilities as well, as well as love did as, um also I put that on the message board and people will seem kind of surprised that they mentioned um, the the facilities at Notre Dame, which that I hasn't been an
1: issue for years, like at least right. three <laughs> years. I mean, it's, it's just kind of funny how people will grab onto these excuses that were made and sometimes they were legitimate excuses. I mean, there was a time. Not that super long ago, when Notre Dame's facilities were way behind everybody else. But I just keep telling you, the last two three years, especially since they opened the indoor facility in 2020, Notre Dame's facilities can compete with anybody. Okay. What they don't have is like they don't have a water slide, right? Like stuff that really doesn't matter. But Notre Dame's facilities, when it comes to athletics, are outstanding, and and we hear that a lot more. And and Ryan, it's not the first time I've I've seen that written. Where mm-hmm. people were like facilities, really? I'm like, yeah, really. This isn't 1997 anymore. You know what I mean? Like, right. Notre Dame—that's really good for. Facil- they spent a billion dollars upgrading the facilities. If you think about it, in the last nine years, mm-hmm. beginning with the turf field in 2013, and then, of course, you come out and you've got the the, the stadium upgrades. You've got the, the the new indoor facility. The renovation of the practice fields. It's they've done a lot. They've, they've really done a lot. So anyway, yeah. back to what you're saying. I just, I find that funny and I, when people are like, wait a minute, what facilities? Yes. Notre Dame no, has no. really good facilities I, now.
2: I, and I wanted you to cut in with yeah. that because obviously you have seen kind of the evolution of that yeah. side of it a lot longer than I have. So mm-hmm. yes, just to add the context of that. So he, the wide receiver McKellen was very, very complimentary of the visit. Obviously he's only a 2024 20, kid. So it, there's a long way to go on that one, but I feel good about where Notre Dame is. And he was of course, one of the, he received his his official offer on campus because he was on campus during the Pot of Gold mm-hmm. um, streak of offers being sent out. So he got his official on campus, which is always a special thing. It's really cool to see those guys get their offers when they're officially on campus. Jeremiah Love is a really interesting player. Six foot one, one hundred ninety five pound running back athlete. I mean, when I talked to him, he said, "Like, I, could, I think I could play cornerback on the next level. I think I could play safety. I, I think I could play wide receiver. Like, just a really good all around athlete." And Notre Dame, of course, is recruiting him as a running back, and he's a very interesting one, in my opinion, because I think he brings and he brings home run ability that. I think is, you can't be undersold, man. Like he, I think that he really does have an extra gear. And I think that he offers a lot of dynamic ability. Now, the question that I had coming after my first interview with him, Brian, I know we talked about this a little bit is that uh, Chad Bowden is, is the point of contact that he's had. He hadn't talked until the visit with coach McCullough or any of the other coaches. So Mm -hmm. my first thought of course, is You know, how serious is the interest? Would he be a take right now? I tend to believe that he probably would not be a take, but I think that they are doing their due diligence with him. Mm -hmm. And I would say after leaving the visit, I mean, he seems like head over heels, to be honest. Like I thought McKellen really enjoyed his visit, but I thought Love loved his visit, no pun intended. Like he absolutely Mm -hmm. adored Notre Dame, talked about the facilities, talked about how much he loved the coaches he said that it was just like a game changing ability for him to be on campus and just see everything and then talk to those coaches. So I feel really good about where, where love's attraction is to Notre Dame right now. But of course we need to figure out next step is Notre Dame definitely in the market to take a second running back. Where would Jeremiah love be on that list? We know that we know that they like him, but the next question that we need to answer is how much is that, that attraction on that side of it?
1: That's going to be the interesting thing. And I think part of that is, is Notre Dame determining do they want a second running back in this class? And and the, the the counter to that is, well, you know, he can play multiple positions. Yeah, but so can Ronan Hannafin, so can Malik Elsey, so can Samuel Mpemba. You know, at some point in time, people have to understand that they can't just take everybody that wants to come. Uh, I wish they could, but they can't. And I think that's where there's there's still some uncertainty in the running back room about just do they have room. I think they like Jeremiah Love. I just don't know if right now they there's a comfort level that there's room or not. And I think that's what they're trying to determine. And uh, we're going to find – I mean, look, you can't wait too long because a lot of schools are going to start jumping in on that kid here soon. And he's not going to be sort of an under-the-radar player for very long, Ryan. And that's going to exactly. be – exactly. That's going to be the interesting part is, you know, hey, look, I understand you got to sort some things out, but you need to start at some point in time soon figuring out what your plan is and decide if he's a guy you're going to, want to take or not. And then and then yep. and enroll with it. So and then, of course, I would imagine getting him is going to help with the teammate, but that's not often how it goes. I mean, kids are ultimately at the end of the day, unless they are like package deal. They tend to do their own thing. Now, that doesn't mean they don't go to the same school, but it's going to be about each individual kid deciding that Notre Dame is or is not the place for him. So that's obviously going to be a part of it. And, of course, starting Friday and then on the weekend, Notre Dame had three big-time recruits on campus, big-time recruits. And we're going to start with receiver, obviously, and Braylon James. Braylon James is from Del Valle High School in Texas. He's a top-hundred recruit according to Rivals and ESPN, I grade him as a 100, as a top 100 player. Ryan, I believe from our conversation in the the, mail, the uh, film room last week, you also grade him out as a top mm-hmm. 100 player. We both love his ceiling and upside. He is about as talented as any receiver in the class from a upside stand. His ceiling is, I would say he's got one of the five to seven highest ceilings in this class. That's just my opinion. I don't know if that's Ryan agrees with that, but just Like him and Tyler Williams have as high of a ceiling as just about anybody in this class of receiver. He is an interesting player, Ryan, because Sean, or no, uh, was Sean? No, Brian Smith, who also contributes for our site, put on the message board back in February that Notre Dame was the leader for Braylon James. And that was coming from his high school coach who felt that was true. Well, Braylon had never been to Notre Dame. And we're like, why would a kid from Texas like have known him as his leader? And then you do like just a second of digging, and you're like, Oh, he's a 5.0 student on a 5.0 scale. <laughs> he's also looking at Stanford. I get it, he's really smart. That would explain it. Plus, Chansey Stuckey was had been recruiting him for a while, going back to his time at Baylor. So there are a lot of things working in their name's favor. But this weekend was the first chance to get him on campus. And I had a chance to speak with Braylon yesterday. I mean, his first comment was like, it was sick. It was dope. And, of course, I started laughing because Ryan says that to me all the time. Whenever I text him good no- news, he's like, that's dope. And I'm like, I feel so old. Uh, because <laughs> when you know you're old, when a word has come full circle, Ryan, that's the thing. Uh-huh. It's like that was a word that people used before you were old enough to know the word. Now it's kind of come back. And I'm now it's like when things res- resurface again, you know you're old because it's had time to cycle in and out of the the culture. So uh, it went great. It it was one of those things where visits like this always make me a little bit nervous, Ryan, because the expectations are so high that sometimes you worry, can you live up to what this kid has created this visit to be? But if the expectations are high, can you really knock it out of the park? And Notre Dame, I mean, absolutely crushed it this weekend with, with Braylon James. And in my lingo, crushing it is a good thing. Yes. I don't know for younger people, if it's different or older people, it's them. for me, you want to crush things. So they absolutely crushed it. And, you know, with a kid, like it, part of being a great recruiting staff, Ryan right, is knowing what message is going to work for a young man. And the thing with Braylon was it's not just about football. I mean, this is a kid that's w- is way more thoughtful than just football and Notre Dame did a great job of showing how he could be elite in so many different ways at Notre Dame. But of course the football aspect was huge as well. Brian and they did a great job of that and I mean you read the update I put up his comments about Tommy Reese were were like okay that dude made an impression on Braylon James <laughs> during his time there
2: yeah no and I mean even to add to the layer Brian because you mentioned it right like 5.0 student it makes a ton of sense he's looking at Stanford heavily as well so obviously education means a lot And In that interview that Brian had with him also he mentioned that he didn't want to stay close to home necessarily, right? Like he didn't want to go to you know, go to Texas because it's just in his backyard. Right. He wants to expand, yes. And develop he, and felt,
1: grow. he would as a huge, as a young man, he would grow more by going away from home. How many people say that? Like it's right. It's not many. It's mature kids say stuff like that, and he is yeah. a very mature mature young
2: man. And, and I can't lie, I did go to the weekend into the weekend, kind of like you were saying. It's like, man, he has such high expectations. I hope that he doesn't just get there yeah. like, oh, <laughs> this is what I was so excited about. Oh, oh man, yeah. now back to the drawing board. But yeah. I mean, I read the update now, I was ecstatic because yeah. he obviously just everything about Notre Dame seemed to really align with his values. It seemed to excite him both from a football perspective, from an facilities perspective from a campus perspective, from an, a just a life perspective. Right. So you can't, I mean, again, have to close obviously, but you went into the visit right. as the leader, you firmly left as yeah. the leader and he is excited. So they're, they're
1: going be to be so hard to beat for him. I just, I don't see, I don't see, I mean, we don't do the crystal ball thing and all that other kind of stuff, but I mean, Notre Dame has done, has done everything possible with braylon james i mean they're in they're in very very good shape there so he's a guy that you feel like okay now it's about and he also mentioned to me too that he plans on coming back and his words very soon so i wouldn't be shocked if he's back for the spring game to be honest with you yeah yeah so uh which obviously would be a a a great sign so definitely definitely want to make sure you're following braylon james and if you didn't if you're not familiar with him as a player Go watch the film review we did on him. So, so what I did was, is we had the two and a half hour long film breakdown of all the receivers, but I cut them up into each individual thing. Also, put those on the YouTube page. So, if you go to the YouTube page, you'll be able to see the individual breakdowns of each of the six receivers that we covered last week. Uh, and obviously, Braylon James is is one of those guys because he's he's been a guy like the first the first time I saw him, I was like, no name has no chance with this guy. And this was like back when like they had first offered like several months ago before we knew anything about him. And again, six 6'3", flat out can fly, big time talent. There's no way he's leaving the South. And then you kind of start hearing like, no, he may. And I'm like, no way, why? And I'm like, Texas wants him, AM wants him, like all those schools want him. And they're like, yeah, this kid's a little different. And that's kind of what you heard. And when I say different, that's meant in a good way. Like this isn't your typical Texas kid It just – looking for a big-time football school. This kid wants to play big-time football, but this kid wants to play big-time football in a place that's going to help develop him in a lot of other ways. And then as soon as you start hearing that, you're like, ooh, Notre Dame may have a chance, <laughs> you know? And and obviously, uh, when Chancey stuck, he was hired. Little did we know that that was going to be one of the the things that would come from that is he had a couple really good relationships that have proven to be very important. So you look at – obviously, Notre Dame needs a great receiver class. They need a an, an impact receiver class, and he – to me, it's hard for me to to see how Notre Dame can have that without landing at least one of the two guys we discussed, Cardinal Tate and Braylon James. Obviously, to have an elite class, you need both. I mean, we we said that last Wednesday. To have a truly elite receiver class, meaning like one of the two or three best in the country, you need both. But I still think they can be in that five to six range with just one of them. Because I think they're both five-star upside guys. And uh, um, wow. Uh uh, they're not all fives. They're not, they're both fives are upside guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they're, they're one is a little bit more polished now than the other, but both incredibly talented and both muskets in this class. So that was Braylon James. Another player that visited this weekend was Samuel Pemba. And we're still trying to get even a little bit more information from him, but mm-hmm. You know, that went really well. Uh, Notre Dame has obviously been a school, Ryan, that even before this visit was a, a place that Samuel was very, very high on.
2: Yeah, no, and he's a player that if people aren't as familiar with him, he is originally from the St. Louis, Missouri area, and Samuel Mpembe plays down at IMG Academy. He honestly could play anything in college. If he wanted to play on the offensive side of the football, he could be a tight end, big slot type of player. If he on defense, obviously, is where he's been recruited mostly at this point in um from the program's perspective. Notre Dame is recruiting him as a rover, but he could project as a Mike, he could project as a will, he could project as a weak side viper defensive end. Like he could do mm-hmm. all those things. He can play tight opinion. end.
1: I always I always yep. throw that in yep. there. He could be a really good tight end as well. Absolutely. Yep. And he had a chance to meet with uh this was his first chance to meet face to face without golden as well, which is very mm-hmm. important. And according to Samuel, it went great. You know, we'll have an update on the message board here later for that. See, I'm giving y'all a little nugget, right? Little tidbit. People getting mad that you know we only put stuff on the message board now, but I'm giving y'all a little little something. But now it went really well. Uh they talked a lot about obviously his NFL experience and just kind of talked about the fit. So look, Samuel likes Notre Dame a lot. Notre Dame was his leader in the fall. I mean, he was he was close to committing in the fall. Obviously, things changed. Uh, he kind of slowed things down um, and just sort of, hey, let me just take a step back. And some other schools got involved. Missouri's been making a very hard push. But Notre Dame's been there the whole time, Ryan. I mean, they've been in that the whole time. And it's going to be very curious to kind of see if his timeline changes because he hasn't been in a hurry. He was going to commit in the fall, push back. Does he, you know, pull back from it? Does he, does he speed things up now? We don't know, but that's, that's the hope is that a guy like this, you can, you can really kind of close on him because Mm -hmm. it's going to be tougher now than it would have been in the fall. But I think that because there's been so much staff turnover but I think the chance to sit down and and um uh, the chance to sit down and meet with Al golden, talk to Al golden, really kind of see that vision is gonna be a huge, huge part of um, just who you know who whether or not Notre Dame will actually have a chance to to land him in the class
2: and, and it's a great point because obviously. You know, we think that from a schematic perspective, it is going to align very closely with what Marcus Freeman already has established at Notre Dame in his year as a defensive coordinator. But Al Golden's going to have the ability to add his own flavor and his own strategy from the defensive side of the ball. So, I mean, the rover position might might look a little, just a smidge different than maybe what Marcus Freeman likes Mm -hmm. to run. And so you have to sell – Samuel, that this is your role in this defense. This is what it's going to look like. This is how you fit it, and this is why we want you for it, right? And the, the expectation for that spot. So, I I left feeling Brian. I don't know if you. Feel, I, I actually felt this probably for the last couple of weeks. I feel like they're in a very good spot for Samuel, but like you said, it's not going to be an easy one. Like I think that if we, if it ended today, I would think that Notre Dame would be his leader or at least a one B type of conversation, but. Of course, this one is going to want, be one where you have a timeline in your minds. But is that a timeline that he's going to stick to a ton? If there starts to if Notre Dame starts to hit a little bit of a snowball where they start bringing in a couple of impressive recruits, does that speed things up? Are they going to get him back on campus maybe for the blue and gold game or another visit? Like, what is kind of the timeline look like? I think that's something that could change, but I really do feel that they are in a very good spot for Samuel and Pemba leaving the visit.
1: Yeah. Another guy to visit this weekend was Jay Osbury. Ryan, we're still getting some info, intel on that, but we have you you were able to speak with him a little bit, just kind of what little we know, let us, let us know.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm scheduled to speak with Jayden later today. So I'll have a full, uh, a full report on the message board. Make sure to sign up for the message board if you're not, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure there'll be a lot of good nuggets in there, but Jane basically just kept it very brief with me and said, you know, Oh yeah, we could talk to uh, later for a more extensive, obvious conversation but he told me that the visit went very well. He was excited after leaving. Um basically, you know, they were again selling the fit and selling how much they really want him at Notre Dame because he is a guy that obviously is from, you know, down down in the uh in the bayou down there in Louisiana. So there's going to be a lot of southern mm-hmm. uh, southern programs that are going to try to keep him down there. He's now. from
1: Baton Rouge. I mean, he's exactly. from this town of where LSU is. I mean, and they want him. That's going to be a tough. That's going to be yes. tough to get him out of the South. Not necessarily oh, sure. out of Baton Rouge. I think getting him out of Baton Rouge might be a little easier than getting him out, but just out of the South. But, Ryan, there is there is for sure one thing that mm-hmm. Notre Dame has going forward. And there's a reason that this was at least the second time he's been on campus on his own dime. And that's the thing where you look at it and say, yeah, all the stuff we just said is true. But this is a kid from Baton Rouge who is now on his own dime
2: twice come mm-hmm. to Notre Dame and visited and, that, that says something. And, and this is the first time with, of course, Marcus Freeman as the head coach, which he did mention briefly and said, you know, uh, there's a lot of energy around the program mm-hmm. with something that he said, just, you know, kind of very briefly. So I think that Jaden, I think Notre Dame left Jaden with the opportunity to think very, right. very hard about this one. Right. Like, right. I don't know. I think it moved the needle, but again, it, we went into the visit thinking this is a very tough pool. And I still feel mm-hmm. it's going to be a very tough pool leaving, but the key is that on the second visit, now and the first time with Marcus Freeman as the head coach, you got to get this young man thinking. Oh. Oh. You have to get him thinking. You have to leave him wondering if he wants more. And he's the same way. If he comes back again soon for a third visit, then that's where you start to right raise your eyebrows and think, "Huh, maybe there's a little more to this than we foresee." But right, right. now, I would say it's going to definitely going to be a tough hole. But I think that Notre Dame again did a good job with what with the situation and the position that they were in going in.
1: Yeah, I think you you said it really well. They got to give them something to think about. You know, they got to give them something to think about it. And that's going to be the big key. And and when a kid is the kind of student that he is, I mean, again, that when we talk about what is it about Notre Dame that's making this kid thinking, it's, it's that. It's the academic piece, right? It, that's what got the initial interest going. And that's what let them get their foot in the door. The next step now is all the other stuff. Um, You know, you get that part stuff down and then that's when you have a chance to to say, hey, look, we we have a chance to get this guy. But again, it's going to be a tough pull. But at the same time, I guess that's the kind of the bar that Marcus Freeman has set. I would Mm -hmm. have told you last January when they first offered Jalen Snead, they're not going to get a kid away from, you know, from South Carolina. They're not going to get that kid. Yeah, they there's that's gonna be a tough pull, but they they've kind of set that bar where it's like you know what, like maybe they have a chance with some of these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see how it goes, but that's kind of
2: they certainly aren't afraid of the competition at no, worst, right? Like they're not no. afraid of it.
1: Yep. yeah, and so the the guys we talked about are mostly at two positions, obviously receiver and rover, uh, two positions right now where Notre Dame doesn't have uh doesn't have a commit. Uh, at, at either spot obviously rovers versus one spot receiver is um uh, you know is 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 quite another right and obviously there's minimum three is what we talked about um you know they got at some point in time you know they they've got a they've got a they got it it's like with offensive recruiting ryan it's kind of like at some point in time they've got to. I mean they got to get this ball rolling at some point in time like we're we're seeing a i mean it's Dante Moore, it's, it's Braylon James, it's Cardinal Tate, it's Charles Jagasaw, it's Monroe Freeling, it's Sullivan Absher. I mean, there's all these guys where it's like, boy, you feel like they're in a good position, but then it's like, but at some point in time, you got to get somebody to say yes, you know? And I think that's kind of right now where my, where my thoughts are, is like, when is that, when does that domino start to fall? Right. And I think that, that is the, under, I think that is where a lot of Notre Dame fans are. And I understand it. I do. But you know, hey, look, they just gotta, they just gotta keep plugging away until that happens. That's gonna mm-hmm. be the big key. That's gonna yeah. be the big key.
2: I know. We're just waiting for that first dominant to fall. But as soon, as it, I feel like as soon as it falls, man, there's a few more that are gonna start falling. Yeah. So,
1: but that's yeah. that's gonna be the key, and that's the interesting thing is like, look, this staff has put in a lot of work since they got here on offense, and like I was I was talking about with a friend of mine in the recruiting world today, and it's like, man, Al Golden is really putting in work and he's doing a great job and he's really active. And and boy, you know, uh, Chancey he Stucky's doing this and he stands doing that. And it's like, yeah, I believe every, it's all true. It's just, but I think that the true test is going to be once these guys, none of them got anybody to pull the trigger yet, which I'm not necessarily surprised by. Notre Dame didn't have any visits in February and the recruiting calendars changed a little bit. And a lot of schools didn't have any commitments in February. It's just... It's just the excitement of the the mass staff overhaul, and then you kind of go through a little period of like, okay, we're expecting forty three kids to commit, you know, within a month of those of the staff being hired, and uh, and it hasn't happened yet. But positioning right now has been what the staff is worried about. Positioning has been key. Positioning was a, a key part of the MPEMBA and the Jaden Osbury visits, and the Jade and in the Cardinal Tate visit. The the positioning has been the key so far. Now, once you put yourself in position, it comes about, it comes about closing, and that's that's the thing we're going to find out. So, uh, of the guys that that they, that visited this past week, I'd say the the three of the twenty three classes. I think Notre Dame probably has the best chance at today, like this particular moment. I'd probably rank them: James, Jeremiah Love. If they push. And in Pemba, but I think there's a, a gap between the first two and the rest, and and I think that's going to be the area where can they can they finish with those guys. So Ryan, what's your takeaway? We kind of go back to to, to Carnell Tate a little bit. You know, I have my take. Sean has his take. What what what's your take on that? Like, you know, this doesn't have to necessarily be based on intel. Just like, you know, what what is your take on? On where things stand, do you think Notre Dame is going to have an opportunity to kind of really close this one down?
2: I'm going to think that I, I think they have an opportunity, yes, because I do think that again the Dante Moore piece is a needle mover. But again, they needed to be like neck and neck with Ohio State. They mm-hmm. can't be, you know, coming from the rear and then like oh, then that's the needle mover because I think that only ties you right. And then right. ultimately, unless this visit was such a needle mover for the family for the mom specifically that they completely overtake and changed her opinion on what's the better spot for Cornell. I'm not necessarily sold that that is going to push it to Notre Dame's side. That being said, I do really align with you and Sean that if it was just Cornell's decision, I would feel very good about where Notre Dame is with Cornell Tate. I feel like that might, that would probably be his choice, but ultimately this is a, Not just an athlete's decision. The family is obviously involved. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So I do feel like Cornell really likes Notre Dame. And I think that maybe they would even be his favorite school if there were not other factors into this decision. But again, I think for them to really get to a point where you feel great about it, where you feel like Notre Dame can take this one, that they are going to have to be in a lead. Or not even in the league, they have to be neck and neck with Ohio State, and, and when the r- recruits start rolling in, because once they there starts to get more excitement for who's coming into the class, I think that's the point right. that it could take you from even to over the top. But yeah. you can't be you can't be yeah. far
1: behind. Even this if point. they're slight, I mean, I don't think they're ever going to get necessarily even without right. a change in circumstance, meaning you know some pickups and things like that. But I think to your point, they have to get like right on Ohio State's you know heels because I think up until. Recently, Notre Dame was in it, but they were kind of like, you know, it's like they're about to score, and we're at the fifty-yard line, chasing kind of thing. You know, like that's kind of now. It's like okay, they've been able to close that gap to where now it's it's within striking distance, and that's where you really, where, really where you need to be if you're Notre Dame. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm. I've always kind of felt, I've always kind of felt Ryan with Carnell that that he's always. I've always felt he really wanted Notre Dame. I just felt like Notre Dame hadn't always given him a reason to make the decision. And that's why I say, when I, here's why I say, when people say, well, you know, um, why do you say, you know, the longer goes on, the the better chance Notre Dame has. And that, and that can mean different things for different players In Carnell's instance. I think what it means is the longer this drags on and the buzz this that kind of continues around Notre Dame. Right. And we get through the spring and you know, we're, we're seeing the, the the skill talent. We're seeing the pass game take off. We see, you know, other players commit. You know, let's just – let's say hypothetically, hypothetically, okay, this is a hypothetical. Uh, let's just say hypothetically like Dante Moore and Braylon James and Charles Jagas, all three guys that we felt in their names in really good shape for. Let's just say hypothetically that those three guys make public commitments. And let's just say that Notre Dame is trending in a good direction with like a Monroe. Let's say they get a Monroe Freeling as well. Just again, just for argument's sake, hypothetically. I think the longer that happens, the longer that Notre Dame can kind of continue to reestablish that connection with Cardinal, it's, it, it's really about that. I don't think it's so much about things going negatively to Ohio State. It's just you allowed Ohio State and Tennessee and some of these other programs to kind of get their foot in the door you have to now kind of almost like start over from scratch in the last couple months. And the longer it goes on, the, the, the more you have to show Cardinal, like, Hey man, what you felt when we first got involved with you back in your freshman year, that's still here. And it's even better now than it was then. And I just think that's going to take time. Whereas Brian Hartline and Ryan day have been establishing this connection with Cardinal for over a year. And, and Notre Dame is, I mean, essentially Notre Dame's kind of just a couple months into this really because it is a brand new situation. You know, him and Chancey Stuck, he, w- he wasn't recruiting Carnell Tate to Baylor. There, there was no way he was going to look at consider Baylor. You know, and, and when you look at, at Tommy Reese, you know, getting more involved, Tommy was spending so much time. Like here's something I don't think people understand. Tommy Reese had to spend so much effort to keep the 2022 class together that it was a little harder for him to really get on the 2023 kids the way that he needed to outside of his of his position like with Dante Moore we thought he did a great job there but that's the thing is like it was it was just so much work for him to overcome the fact that the other coaches weren't recruiting the fact that Coach Alexander wasn't recruiting, the fact the coach, you know, that 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 with Billy Shrouth, that there was just the issue there that he had to overcome, you know, keeping guys that were committed in the class. It just it was a challenge. And so, in a lot of ways, your head coach wasn't doing the job, your receiver's coach wasn't doing the job. When Marcus Freeman took over as head coach and you hired Chansey Stuckey, in a lot of ways, Notre Dame was kind of starting over with chant with, with Cardinal Tate. And so that's why I say, like, the longer it goes on, the better it is for Nerdane because there's so much more opportunities to kind of say, Hey, look, here's who we are. Because who we were before, that's not who we are now. Right. And, and and that's an, that's a hard thing to sell because there's still so much familiarity there. And that's why I say it's going to be interesting with Braylon James. It's just, it's just close the deal. Right. I mean, that's, that's really really what it's what it's about so and then Samuel and Pemba that's a weird one because I don't really know what buttons there are to push like I don't know what the answer is I don't know what Notre Dame needs to do to close that one I I really don't it's just about
2: I I think it's probably meeting coach golden right like I feel like that was probably a big layer one to meet it and mm -hmm. one to hear kind of you know what what is your twist on the defense what is your take on it what is your philosophy behind the defensive structure and how will I fit into it I feel like that's really the missing link, right? So if Notre Dame has pushed all the right buttons, this one has Mm -hmm. to be trending in the right direction. But I do think that just meeting coach Golden was probably a big point of emphasis, at least for Samuel and other recruits.